Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is U.S. Department of Agriculture Farm Service Agency Administrator and South Dakota rancher Zach Ducheneau. You'll hear from him after this. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. Federal policymakers have pushed off the creation of a new farm bill until next year at the earliest. As farmers and ranchers review income and expenses they occurred in 2023, USDA FSA leaders are also reflecting on the funding assistance and other programs they offer to help keep these operations operating. Ducheneau says they've streamlined program delivery. But we're also being mindful of the opportunity that we can provide better than anybody else because of our rates and terms. Our interest rate's in the 5% range right now, and we can offer extended terms to producers so that the annual cost of capital doesn't use up so much of their production income. And then maybe they can have some production income left at the end of the year, and that's going to be the best way for that producer to be bankable in commercial credit as a depositor. We've grown too comfortable in this country with producers making their, with producers making their production plan based on how much money they can borrow. We've got to change that. We've got to make sure that there's enough resource left at the end of the year after you've paid into a retirement fund, after you've paid yourself a wage, after you've set up a reserve, to make a plan based on things that are within your control instead of the risk appetite of a lender. In our direct farm loan programs, we have the best tools available to help producers really get their feet under them and get started in that direction. In our partnerships with our guaranteed lenders, we can extend our guarantee to lenders to do the same thing. They can offer those same length and terms. They typically don't. So the work that we're gonna do in the next year is really gonna be around educating our producers about what we can and will do and what our producers can and will do and use our process as a model. Because we're not trying to compete with the lending community, they can offer these terms at their rates and still provide a much better outcome for producers that has them in the year as a depositor instead of a debtor. To make these programs happen and to make them work, you need staffing. Up, down, too many, too few, offices closed, Never open, has been, has been in topics of discussion over the last several years. How are you doing as far as your staff? Are you? Do you have people in the places where you, where you would like them? I mean, I'm sure you could always use use more. Yeah, you know, in the last five years, our staff have delivered pro, additional ad hoc programs at the level of an entire farm bill with the same staff. So we could really probably never realistically have too many staff. We have the good fortune of such a worthy cause that our staff hang in there with us and we'll do it. In spite of the fact that sometimes they're up against it themselves trying to run their own farming operation and and getting paid a wage that isn't commensurate with the responsibility that they have. Many of those things are outside of our control, but when we do have the opportunity to, 
to make some type of adjustments within existing resources. We've done a student loan repayment program for our staff. We've done some recruitment and retention bonuses for some of our staff. And we continue to look for ways to do that within our existing resources. But along with properly paying our staff for what they're doing, one of the most important things we can do is to stop beating up or belittling civil servants in the news media, on TV, you know, they're out there providing an essential service to rural America, devoting their life to a higher cause. It's noble. It should be revered. It should be respected. And we have to make sure that we're defending them at every opportunity. You mentioned Farm Bill and having your folks being tasked with, from the halls of Congress to boots on the ground, it's your people that make it happen. With the one-year extension, the, the delay, does that delay anything you guys doing, or are you folks still working behind the scenes because what you're doing is going to be built into what they come up with next? Yeah, it's you know it's such a complex set of issues that our team will go to work now that we've got the extension analyzing exactly what, what it means. We have been advocating, when asked by the Hill, a one-year extension is better than a few-month extension because... Farm production happens at the temple of Farm Bill programs, and they're on that annual cycle. So the one-year extension is the best option secondary to getting the Farm Bill passed. It's something that we should be able to unify around the farm policy for the next four or five years so that we can provide certainty to those producers and those other stakeholders in the ag industry for what the safety net, what the price support what the farm loan realities are going to be for producers out there in the countryside. When you're providing the information to the congressional staffers, the Ag Committee staffers, the folks, do you feel like they're listening and understanding, or is there some some educational pieces that, that maybe need to happen on, on that end of things too? I can say that the ones that have reached out to us about Farm Bill initiatives are interested in building solutions. They're not the, the, the segment of the Congress that is interested in shutting it down and virtually eliminating the government. The folks that are engaged in Farm Bill conversations with us, they get it, they understand the importance, and they're part of a bigger system that we all have to work within. Let's talk about the ELAP program. Yeah. Relevant to our, our listeners out there where you're from, Jody, is our ELAP program, Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm-Raised Fish. It's part of our supplemental disaster assistance programs that were made permanent in the 2014 Farm Bill, and we've made significant enhancements to that program to better serve our livestock sector in times of need, drought, severe winter weather, flooding. We've got a lot of flexibility in that program that we have exercised to better meet that need, and it's the strength of that program, in addition to giving us a lot of discretion to make improvements and enhancements, is that it's funded through our CCC borrowing authority. So it's not tied to the same appropriation process as some of our other work. And I think we've, we should see the benefits of that in, in your listening area in the next year because when we first started making these changes, as I've shared with your listeners before, in 2021, producers in western North Dakota were faced with the decision, do I pay more to bring in feed from further or do I sell my production herd? Well, the producers that were able to realize the benefit of this program to keep the production herd together had a calf crop that fall. They had another one last fall, and now they're realizing a record 
calf market. Absent that assistance, absent that investment in their operation and their livelihood, they'd have been out of business. They wouldn't be able to take part in this. So our tools are critical to help producers weather the ups and downs of this business and really glad to be able to have some flexibility to make it meet the producers where they're at. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. You know, and, and sometimes we get caught up in government acronyms and terms, and some of these things can be complicated or difficult to understand. And I, I circle back now to your wonderful staff in the offices. You know, if folks have questions or they're just kind of wondering what programs may be out there, do you encourage them to come in and chat with your folks? Absolutely. Come into the local office. Don't leave there without a piece of paper that says what you talked about. We've got a receipt for service system where you're entitled to documentation of the engagement. If you think you're eligible for a program, leave an application there or insist that they give you an application and turn it in. We would rather have an application to deem you ineligible so we can see where we're missing the mark than to have you discouraged from applying. That's an important message. You can find a lot of the information on our fact sheets on farmers.gov. Our local staff are going to be the most knowledgeable about what's available in your area. And my information is freely available on our website. The only thing I ask is that if you use it, thank your county office for me the next time you're in there. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.